As we come into our time of uh, worship through the scripture this morning, let us quiet our hearts and hear what God has to say to us this morning. Our gospel lesson comes to us from the gospel according to John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. Hear now these words from John. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. And Jesus went up on the mountain and sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. And when he looked up and saw such a large crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they going to do among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place, and so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also with the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left, so that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten... They filled 12 baskets. And when the people saw the signs that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. And when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea and got in a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. Now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them, and the sea was becoming rough because of the strong winds blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. How many people were just uncomfortable by that long silence? <laughs> See a few hands. I'll raise my hand, but I'm up here, so everybody's looking at me. A seminary professor of mine once pointed out that silence is something that we all need, and yet something that many of us rarely ever get. And she challenged us to incorporate 30 seconds of silence into worship and to see what happened. 
And the first time I did it was in a small church of probably about, oh, 20 to 30 people. And you could just watch the discomfort on everyone's face. People started squirming. Probably after about 10 seconds, they were already squirming. They were looking at one another, probably wondering if I had just gone mute. And they just were just confused at what was happening. Silence and quiet and stillness, whatever you want to call it, I think is a fading discipline in our current society. We don't know how to be quiet anymore. I mean, we can be quiet when someone's talking or when there's something to be done, but to just sit like we did at the beginning of, that ser- of the sermon makes us uncomfortable. We have become a busy people. At work, busyness is all about being productive. I've got to get this task done, I've got to get that task done. And then even when we come home, busyness is simply about not being bored. Finding something to do at every second. So you're not wondering what to do next. And so we attempt to fill every moment of our day with something to do or a task to be done. Even on our downtime, we make sure that the TV is turned on, or we pick up a book, or we scroll through Facebook, or maybe find something else to do on our phone, not even realizing that we are just filling another moment with something to do. And while that, this is not necessarily inherently a bad thing, It has, I think, slowly made us more and more uncomfortable with stillness and quiet. I don't know about you, but even when I go on vacation, I have to make a conscious effort not to occupy myself. Because it's so easy just to pick up the phone and start playing a game or read an article or check an email or you're, you're laying there on, on vacation, so you turn on the TV, or you want to go out and do something, and you forget to just stop. To just sit quietly, and to be present in the moment. But what my seminary professor wanted us to realize is that we need that in our lives. And I think that's where this morning's text comes in. To be honest, when I read this scripture over and over again, I wasn't really sure where to start. There's two very important stories. First, there is the, Jesus feeding the 5,000 with just five loaves and two fish. How do you skip that? And then there's the story of Jesus walking on water out to the disciples and telling them, do not be afraid. How do you skip talking about Jesus walking on water? How do you choose between those two stories? And yet every time I read this scripture over and over again, one line kept popping out, and I kept trying to push it aside, because like that's not what this is. And it would keep coming up. And every time, it was one line between these two stories. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, 
he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. No matter how many times I read this text over and over again, the thing that kept jumping out to my soul was he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. In the middle of all the busyness of ministry and of healing and of miracles, as the people are rushing towards him, Jesus withdrew and went to the mountain by himself to escape all of the busyness. It says nothing about what he did or what he read or what he watched or what Facebook app he was scrolling because the whole point was just to point out that Jesus took a break from all of the busyness to be quiet. And if quiet is good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for us. I fully believe that it is in the quiet when we stop talking, when we stop scrolling, and we just sit and listen. That in those moments where we disconnect from the world, we finally reconnect with God. Richard Rohr once said that we cannot attain the presence of God because we're already totally in the presence of God. What is absent is awareness. That is to say that God is already all around us we are just so often too busy to notice. And so we have to stop. And we have to take time to recognize and feel God's presence. To stop long enough to hear God speak and to acknowledge what God is already doing in our lives. When Aaron and I were in college, we would go on mission trips over spring break and every year, the day ended the same way. We'd sit around, and we'd talk about one place where we saw God present that day. And ask ourselves, where did you see God? And it was amazing that over the week it would just expand. Usually it starts off, well, I saw God in, in, the, in the flower, or I saw, and then it, it slowly got deeper and deeper. I saw God in, in the relationship that was built as, as we were teaching each other how to hang drywall. or I, I saw God where I sat and talked with the homeowner for 30 minutes and, and learned about what he had been through during the hurricane. And it was a chance for us to disconnect from everything that had happened, all the busyness of the day, the hammering, and everything, that we would just take a moment to stop and to think about where God was already present that we just hadn't noticed. And I think what I love about this exercise is that when it's done right, you start looking for it. 
So after a week of doing that, you start looking throughout your day and trying to pay attention. Where, was God here? Was God there? You start watching other people interacting and to see where God was present in their relationship. And it was all about forcing us to sit still and acknowledge the presence of God. And this is a discipline that I think shouldn't be done just when we're on mission trips. It should be done every day. To acknowledge the presence and the voice of God each and every day. Because after all, that's what God calls us to do. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. In the movie I Am Legend, which I'll state this, it's a zombie movie, it's not a religious movie. So if you go out and and watch it this afternoon, don't, you know, don't call me up and be like, that was not what I thought you were talking I'm not sure if I had the right movie. It is a zombie movie, not a religious movie, but at one point in the movie it makes, I think, a really good point about our relationship with God in the quiet. Towards the end of the movie, one of the characters states, the world is quieter now. We just have to listen. And if we listen, we will hear God's plan. Our world isn't ending. We don't have zombies chasing us down. But I think the point should be well taken. That it is in the quiet the stillness, the times where we stop everything and choose to listen that we can hear God's plan in our life and in the life of our church. If we just take a moment to stop and listen. So I hope as you leave this place today, Whatever you do today, all day as you keep busy, and all week as you keep busy, that you'll take time to be quiet. I know if you have kids, that's tough. I, I have a five-year-old and a one, well, almost two-year-old who never stop talking. So it's tough to find quiet. But I hope wherever you are this week, You take time to be quiet and listen. Maybe, like the kids, it's after prayer and you just take a moment to listen. After you've done all your talking, allow God to talk to you. Maybe it's in the car where you just turn the radio off for 20 minutes. Maybe it's at home where you just lay down before bed and listen. But wherever you are, I hope you take time to stop. To stop all of the busyness and listen. And to pay attention to where God is active in your life. Sometimes it's in the most surprising ways. But as Richard Rohr points out, God is already present. We just have to acknowledge it.
God has a plan for you. And God wants to connect with you. But you have to be the one to make time for God. So I pray you take time for God this week. Amen.